Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Think India podcast. This is a show for aspiring entrepreneurs, startup founders, and business enthusiasts to discover the latest innovations in technology and to specifically learn more about why they view India as a target market. My name is Neville Tarapurwala, president of Brand Capital International, the strategic investment arm of the Times Group, India's largest media conglomerate. Today, we have the opportunity to speak to Mr. Mithu Kuna. Mithu is a serial entrepreneur with many successful technology-based businesses under his belt. Prior to co-founding Baby Doppler, he founded a reverse logistics company that became the biggest buyer and wholesaler of used Apple iPhones at that time. Mithu is ambitious and driven to succeed. He enjoys tech challenges and is a calculated risk taker. He started his first venture designing websites in his early high school years. He later filed his first IP at a tender age of 14 and organized a distribution deal with Canada's largest retailer at 16 years of age. At present, Mitu is looking to make a difference in the world of Dagama, and we'll ask him more about it. And he believes in AI and machine learning, and he can reduce infant, which, which can reduce infant mortality with the use of baby Doppler. So welcome to the podcast, Mitu, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Neville. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and you know, share my story with you guys. That's great. So you've been uh, entrepreneurial probably since the tender age of 14, which is amazing. I mean, were you uh, some kind of a prodigy at school? <laughs> I wouldn't say I was a prodigy at school, but I was always interested in businesses. My dad always had businesses. And um, even though when he was working, he always had something on the side. So I always grew up watching him um, doing things, learning, failing, progressing and, and you know, succeeding in some and failing in others. And that kind of gave me a good background on uh, and perspective on how, how to look at things. And so, which also gave me an opportunity to learn a lot at a young age and, and kind of be present in the field of business. Okay. And, you know, I'm pretty curious to understand a little bit more about, you know, the whole iPhone bit, the used iPhone bit. That's pretty interesting at that very early stage. Do you want to share something about that? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's actually a funny story. I When I was younger in high school, I used to uh, just design uh, websites as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And I've done uh, a few commercial projects in grade 10. And um, just shortly after that, after the first iPhone was released and, and the second one was, was going to be made, Apple announced that they had a uh, 100 million used iPhones already in the market in circulation. And, and the new one was going to be released. So I thought... If there's a hundred million phones out there, there's something that can be done with them. And and what I realized is that at that time, Apple didn't have an Apple store in, in countries like India and Pakistan or, or anywhere in, in Southeast Asia. So I started buying used phones and listing them online and started selling them into parts of the world where Apple didn't really have a, a physical presence at that time. This this quickly picked up and, and we built um, an app that uh, people, iPhone users could actually download and sell the phone to me through the app. Wow. And the app would kind of scan the phone and give them an immediate estimate of what we would be offering for that phone. That was pretty successful. We've sold, shipped thousands and thousands of these. I mean, this is over 10 years ago now. And what happened? Did you, did you sell that company or what exactly happened? As Apple expanded globally, 
mm-hmm. and more competition came in, it just got a bit too competitive to to actually buy phones. I, I was kind of running out of inventory to sell. Got to a point where people started selling it locally to other people for fair market value locally, which didn't really make sense for me to now buy and ship right. overseas. Right. Right, right, right. That's 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 great. And then and then I I noticed I spent some time with with Dagama on Dagama, and I found that one of the things that you really specialize in, and when you look at Baby Doppler and Dagama, you seem to be focusing on you know kids and uh, you know uh, those areas and you know items related to that. So how did you come across? settling for an idea of that kind where you said, I want to focus on this, you know, keeping in mind that you're a, you know, absolute entrepreneur. And I mean, how you're focused on a category, as I would put it. When I was in the iPhone business, we were expecting our first child. And towards the end of the pregnancy, we started having some complications where our son to be born wasn't really moving much in the womb. And generally you expect a certain number of kicks within a certain period of time, which we didn't experience. And we were worried at that time. So we would go into the hospitals multiple times to to see what's going on and see if the doctor can do like an ultrasound and and kind of figure out if if there's something wrong. And anytime we go to the hospitals, the doctors would always send us back home saying that everything's fine. There's nothing to worry. And, you know, as young parents, we were, or soon to be parents, we we couldn't take that for an answer and, and kind of be okay with it. So we called the midwife one day and the midwife came over immediately and brought one of these devices similar to what we sell today and mm-hmm. used this fetal Doppler and, and found out immediately that the heartbeat was intermittent. And as soon as she, she found that out, she said, you know what, um, it's kind of risky to, to take a chance on this. I think because she was also, um, my wife was also 39 weeks pregnant at that time, she was almost full term, we could actually induce her and, and get him out right away. And so that's what we did the next day. And that's when we realized that when he was born, thankfully healthy and and nothing was wrong. But what we realized was that the umbilical cord was actually short, Mm -hmm. which prevented him from moving much. Now, had it not been for, you know, this Doppler, we may have not found out and and things could have been, you know, devastating. And thankfully we had access to it. And that's when we realized that, you know what, there's a real need out there for parents to be able to, you know, monitor their pregnancy and keep track of it at home. And this kind of gave us, you know, the idea to source this product and, and kind of modify it to what it should be and then market it to parents similar to us. And that's how kind of, you know, the iPhone business was kind of going down. And then I started focusing on this and we built up this business from there. That's great. So this is a very personal experience of yours, which actually got you into this business. We started this because we were parents that needed help, which help wasn't easily attainable at that time. and we said, you know, our mission is to, to go out there and provide a product also with the product, give new parents the support that they need through our pregnancy. And all of our products are careful, carefully sourced to, to suit that need. Right. And if that God says, when one door opens, another one, one door closes, another one opens, right? So that's how I see it. Your Apple business, I mean, your old used phones business sort of went down and you got this new opportunity, which you're working on. And I'm quite sure that the that this particular category is a pretty active category and it's like quite sure as the millennials grow and they get through the stage, they would be looking at these kind of personal devices to actually monitor the health. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, despite, you know, the current circumstances in the world with, uh, you know, COVID and everything for our business, this has been a great time because we're really able to 
showcase the value of what we provide as now parents are mostly stuck at home a lot of people don't even you know go for their next medical visit because they can't or they are limited somewhat they're at least now able to use our devices at home and monitor or keep track of their pregnancy right 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 so when you first got into this business uh did you what are the kind of hurdles that you experienced you know it, i mean especially it was a new category you were getting into i'm assuming that there were not many players in this category uh but still uh, as an entrepreneur any new entrepreneur who wants to get into a new area he does face a lot of challenges so what were the, some of the challenges that you can recollect that you faced one of our biggest challenges was uh educating the consumer on how to use the product um as previous to to us marketing this for consumer use i think the the product was predominantly used within the medical field or supervised by a doctor so we we came out and said you know i think um young parents are are capable of using this device and as long as we educate them on how to effectively effectively use them and so we we put a tremendous amount of effort to to put a lot of content out there to help parents understand the device and how to use it and and how to to read the information or listen to the heartbeat and and figure out how to use it i was going to some documents and what i what i realized is that uh, in terms of your distribution i think one of the key things is the fact that you have a very strong distribution channel how did you uh, i'm assuming you are distributing it through online but there are lots of other channels that you're doing it through and i understand that that's been pretty successful how did you get these channels on board to accept something like this i had the experience as you recall from what you said earlier from you know getting a national distribution deal with one of canada's largest retailers my parents used to manufacture candies and syrups they had a manufacturing company and when i was 16 i said you know what i'm, I'm it was a mom and pop shop and i said i'm going to take this big and so my first move was walk into the biggest retailer in Canada and somehow get a deal me being 16 not knowing how the world really operated <laughs> i called the company up and i said listen i have a product i want to present can i get an appointment and immediately they gave it to me once i went there i realized i'm sitting next to a few older gentlemen who are talking about golf and you know about <laughs> other other business things and i'm sitting there 16 years old thinking i'm not going to get any chance here whatsoever because these guys obviously know a lot more than i do. And so the buyer comes up and he's like okay it's my turn come in and present the product. So I went in and I said you know I have I have got this product you don't have anything like it and I think you should you know carry it in your stores. And the buyer looked at me and he said you know what there's so many other things out there that could technically compete against this even though it's not the same flavor or 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 what not. But because of your enthusiasm I'm going to give you a shot and take this product and he got me through the door into pretty much 2000 stores in in all of Canada and presented my product to all the eastern western all the national um, retailers and got our product on eye level shelf space in store with no additional costs i was pretty surprised that that happened and that kind of gave me the drive to do everything and i thought if you put the thought forward to do something you can really accomplish anything and that's how i i looked at everything and and i have experience in a lot of different fields i've i've worked professionally in logistics and and managing just in time shipments for you know emergency uh couriers and things like that and i've kind of understood the system and how it operates but you know beyond all of that it's really the will power to do something and getting it done if you have that belief system you can really um, accomplish anything right 
Right. Now, we are all going through this pandemic situation right now. And uh, obviously, post, pre and post, in your area of business, where do you see a significant change happening because of the current pandemic? Now, I know that you're going to probably see a lot of these devices being bought by those who want to you know, do home care, etc., as far as your business is concerned, distribution is concerned, have there been challenges? I mean, there's all upside, but have there been challenges that you're struggling with? And what do you think would be the trends going forward on this? I think there's definitely going to be an increase in telehealth and, uh, and home monitoring services and devices. That's the direction it's going. A lot of people are you know, waiting for things to get back to normal. We don't know what going back to normal really is or if this is the new normal that we should all accept. But change is inevitable. And I think everything is moving in that direction. And as soon as we we are agile and adapt to different environments quickly and be able to you know, give the customers what they want, I think um, we're on a good path to success. A lot of these teledoc companies are floating around right now. Any are you, are you planning to look at that as an area of business that you would expand into? We're currently working internally on some solutions that will integrate with some of the top leading service providers out there. We will have an open API integration to our devices so that we can offer this as a, a supplemental tool or that will complement the existing services out there. Moving you know, discussion to machine learning and AI, I understand that's extremely close to you. What are you doing in that space right now, which directly connects with your current business or you plan to do something different out of that? Yes. So our current product has been chosen to to be part of one of the lead studies occurring right now regarding fetal health monitoring. We are right now investigating in developing an algorithm that will detect early on for some future challenges or problems that the fetus may face. So we are Working on that right now, it's right now in the preliminary stages, but something that will be released soon. Okay, all right, that's interesting. That's interesting. And I mean, again, you know, like let's say we all know about maternal health, which has become such a priority. Uh, in the emerging markets, how do you see playing a role in changing the thinking towards, you know, how they need to take care of their personal, you know, health through your company, through Baby Doppler? Is there some kind of a mission that you have that you want to, you know, some kind of, are you, I mean, obviously you're a thought leader in the space, but in the emerging markets like India and Sri Lanka, when you do that, how do you see yourself positioning it? That's the question. Our messaging, whether it's in North America or, or in, uh, in Asia, it's somewhat the same. I mean, we see the globalization effect right now and, and, and people are starting to kind of think or relate the same way across the globe, the same, uh, the same way. And our message is really to, to empower women to, and, and to give them the tools that they need to uh, keep track of their health and well-being and allowing them to be independent and get through this by themselves, even if they didn't have all that support system anymore, such as hospitals and doctors. So we want to be able to make sure that we can give them that service, the elevated service with you know telehealth solutions and the devices they can use at home to keep track of their health and, and uh, yeah, and, and stay on top of it. Yeah. Uh, talking about India, as you know, I mean, you, your, your interest in India per se, we all know it's a big consumer market, et cetera. So, uh, how, I mean, what, what, how will you 
What what is the current situation in terms of getting your products there? How do you plan to distribute it? I know it's India is a difficult market to be in, but what's the road roadmap looking like? Yes, I think some of the, some of the constraints that we faced with India, which is similar to some other countries that we've been exploring in the past, is you know the movement of product number one, and then the movement of cash, and and so our main thing is we want to be close to the customer. We've explored many, you know, cross-border trade platforms and and solutions where we ship from, you know, U.S. or or Canadian warehouse. However, we've always faced delays and increased shipping costs for the consumer. So we've decided that we will only enter a market when we can actually physically get a product close to them, so that we can, you know, deliver it right away or within a day or two after they order it. And so that was one of our biggest challenges with India is to mm-hmm. to figure out how to get the product in. We did did a trial run with a small sample batch, which was easy to do. But with uh, larger orders and and more commercial operations, there's a lot of factors that uh, you need to check before you can actually move those goods. So right. we're currently right now in that process and figuring things out for India, but we will be launching officially quite shortly. Okay, fine. So I'm aware of it that a lot of imports, like I told you, is, you know, the government is trying to, you know, sort of have this whole thing called Make in India program, etc. So I'm just wondering whether you had thought of that, whether you wanted to get some of these things done there. Do you think that's a market for you to manufacture? I mean, any thoughts on that? Yes, we're certainly always open to looking into optimizing our um, supply chain as, as much as possible. So we continuously check and see if there's any opportunity. And if there is such opportunity, we'd always you know, jump on that. So I'm going to get to my last question in the interest of time, uh, Mithu. So we have a lot of uh, aspiring entrepreneurs who listen to our series of podcasts. And you know, you've got such an excellent entrepreneurial background. Is there one message that you want to give aspiring entrepreneurs you know, from where you started and how you succeeded? What is that one thing that a aspiring entrepreneur should be aware of if he wants to succeed entrepreneurs should really always listen to their customer the customer knows best always i know a lot of businesses always say customer comes first but it's not just as simple as customer comes first it's really listening to what they really want and and making sure that we deliver that the best time to start a business is right now there's never a better time don't look back and think that you should have started it or that you're not ready and you want to start, you know, sometime soon. There's no better time than right now. If you have the vision of, you know, starting a company, do it right away. Put that first step forward and and don't look back. Thank you, Mitu. We wish you and the entire Baby Doppler team all the best as you continue to grow and expand. It was great speaking with you, Mitu, today. And we hope to have you sometime on the show once again as you look at entering India. And we'd also like to thank our audience for tuning in to another episode of Think India Podcasts. And we invite you to check out all the other episodes of the podcast to learn more about the exciting opportunities that are available in India. See you soon again. Thank you, Mithu. Thank you very much, Nabil. Appreciate the time.